Last time we met was when Dele hit the Blues Kitchen in Manchester with the explosive Cube Afrobeat project and how time flies because we're now getting ready for his return in May and after celebrating his diamond birthday in big style at Ronnie Scott's in February, excuse me, with friends, excuse me, we find the new king of Afrobeat busier than ever before. Mr. Sasimi, happy belated birthday and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It was just happy. The diamond birthday. And yes, I don't like referring to myself as king or anything. I'm just delivering the message as received. Received. I'm a messenger. I get the inspiration. I da- it's downloaded high speed. I gather what I can and I deliver as much as I can. But doesn't make me any special. Well, I How think, about that? Well, I think you're pretty special. Oh, and I know you. that uh, there's lots of people around the world who also think you're pretty special. And we are talking about this uh, diamond anniversary and we will stay on it shortly just for a little while anyway, because that was actually a gift to you, wasn't it? From your friends, and let's do some name dropping, at Ronnie Scott's. So I know about it, um, mm. because I saw the pictures online. Yeah, yeah. What happened? I recognised quite a few of the guys on the stage, I have to tell you. Mm, it was a jazz cafe in Camden. But then, of course, on Sunday, there was another uh, event on Sunday upstairs at Ronnie Scott. So whilst I celebrated it on Wednesday, the 22nd, uh, the following Sunday, there was an event, a Funky Walla event, Funky Walla All-Stars, where also we also partied on, still in celebration. So, yeah, it was a double whammy. Yeah, to be honest, uh, Jazz Cafe was sold out. And... Um, I had friends coming from all over the world to come and um, celebrate with me, especially knowing the fact that um, my father, who was the head of my family, next in line after his father, who was the head of the family, who were assassinated when we were, um, when I was young. So he didn't even get to 40. So me attaining 60, was a big deal and still remains a big deal for celebration. Continuous celebrations within the Chosumi family. So, yeah. But how can I how can I ignore you telling me that you lost your dad at age forty? Is that a story that you're happy to share? Uh, well, it's 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 been shared. I mean, my dad was uh, in charge of um, the fraud department of the biggest bank in Nigeria then. And apparently he had stumbled across something that uh, he probably did not realize how powerful the people 
who have perpetrated the um, scandals were. And um, when they tried to bribe him, he refused and insisted on handing in his findings. And um, they prevented him from doing it by making sure they took him out. And unfortunately, his father was in the line and both him and his father were taken out. So he died at the age of 39. And I was about 12, 12 and a half then when it happened. So it's, it's quite far back, but you know, the scar, the scars and the traumas and the uh, everything else associated to having to witness that at, at a song, such a young age, stayed with my siblings and I. And um, it's, it's why one of the reasons why most of us are not based in Nigeria at the moment. So we've all, we've all absconded, especially after mom died. Mom died, uh, she actually stayed, uh, she, she, she got to 60 plus before she died. So yeah, so it's a, it was a big deal. 60 is a big deal. Wow, um, I can also see now why uh, Ole and Abelaise, I knew your father strike such resonance it's, yeah we talked about that last time didn't we yeah i knew your father well sort of kind of you know yeah so yes diamond thank god diamond, thank god thank god for you let's get down to business mr sasimi i um talked about the fact that you know, you had this party there, and obviously, as you just mentioned, it was a double celebration. I didn't know it was a double celebration. I didn't know you had Jazz Cafe and Ronnie Scott's. All I would say is that uh, next time, remember your friend in Manchester. I take I opportunities to come to London, especially because my daughter lives there with my two grandchildren, born in lockdown. So uh, I don't get to see them as often as I, as I would like, but certainly... To be in the midst of of you guys there that night, you've not mentioned the musicians, so I think you do need to at least give them a name drop, and then we'll move on. Well, then, um, I had Ola Nabule as my special guest. Then I had African Boy, and then uh, my writing partner Femi Lias, and also another of my schoolmates, uh, Doctor Femi Okwabi, whom we right from high school or we writing music and playing music together uh they all flew in from america and then of course a whole a whole bunch of friends family old high school mates came in from all over the world you know just to be there party and um you know celebrate Philly, it sounds so special and serious. it was it was and it still is congratulations Thank you very much. Thank right, you. down to business. You are probably one of the busiest musicians around. You're gigging here, gigging there, gigging everywhere. And after having just watched the film Elvis, I wonder, do you do it because performing for you is a kind of a drug or because you have to, to pay those bills, so to earn money? or because you need to, because you've got so much to say, or indeed, is it kind of a bit of all of that? It's the love of it. Mm -hmm. It's for the love of it. That 
covers everything because it's not about uh, that's it's not about because i need to pay my bills it's not because um i'm trying to prove a point it's for the love of it and the creative aspect of it is a joy for me the journey from creating to actualizing and then delivering and watching a reaction um the effects of the songs it's like the new two um you're, i'm sure you're aware of the latest project i'm involved in yes. uh Dele and the estuary 21 which is on a, which is something we had planned to do since 2012 and it took us actually being in lockdown for us to actually find an opportunity to get together and lock ourselves up and say okay yeah let's create from a blank canvas, we came up with that album within within two weeks. We'd we'd finished we reached the foundation and we knew the directions we were going. So you know, I would say it's just for the love of it. And um, there's a particular track coming out very soon um, for the love of it. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to give us a bit more clue about this particular track that's coming out very soon before we get Not into yet. It not yet. Well, let's talk about okay. Ride Out the Storm, okay. which is out. Okay. And okay. then Moshe Bolaton, which is already out. Um, these are songs written in times when nobody had a clue what was going to, what the future was going to be. We were in lockdown. Things had ground to a halt. People were not flying anywhere. People were not allowed to, you were not supposed to be going out. You were not supposed to be mingling. Musicians were not supposed to be playing live gigs. Uh, club fanatics were not allowed to go clubbing. Did that, did that somehow restrict your creativity to some extent? Well, of course you could mix or, 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 or was it all about what was coming from within and, and, and imagining of it? You know, well, Nina Simone always said, didn't she? she? She said, to be an artist, you have to write of the time that you are in. So what you're talking about there, um, that, that long period, I mean, that's a hell of a long period to go from 2012 to, to 2021 to, to bring, you know, to now to bring something to fruition. Okay, let me give you a clearer picture. This project um, is a result of um, my close relationship with um, Sam Duckworth of Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly. We had a celebration in 2012. And um, celebration. he was, How cool yeah. is that? Celebration is where we celebrate fella's birthday. I know, I know. Don't worry, we're going to get on to fella in detail, so, my friend. Yeah, post the performances with all the other guests, um, uh, the parting note between Sam and I was that, look, man, that was so cool. That was so enjoyable. That was so real. It's obvious we must do something together. We know we we, we connect. We feel the connection. Now, at some point in time, we've got to do something together because it's going to be smashing. And who knew it would take us that long? Because we're both busy. He has his uh, projects. He has his uh, 
tours, he's writing, he's releasing albums. I have my own, I have my own plans too. I had my own commitments and all that. So in order to make time to say, okay, oh, let's put a time to where we're going to meet and make sure we meet the, those timings. Never occurred to, to, to both of us until we were in lockdown. So when we were in lockdown, we were, of course, lockdown afforded everybody the, the opportunity to reach out to those long lost accomplices, friends, family, because you're sitting at home doing whatever you can do. And then you have a lot of time on your hands and you're like, oh, I haven't spoken to Sam in a long while. Yeah, let me give him a call. Hey, Sam, how you doing? Well, uh, I'm just chilling. So what's up? What's new? Well, I'm in my studio. I'm, I'm, I'm just writing some music and all that. So oh, I didn't know you had a studio. Yeah, I do have a studio, South End um, on C. <laughs> and then he switches from from voice to go to, to camera and then shows me around the studio. And I see that baby grand. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh my word, that's oh where I God. need to be right I now. I need to be there. Well, this is like me saying to you, I need to be on that stage with you. With all the mm -hmm. guys for your 60th birthday, it's the same mm -hmm. kind of. You, you just and then have of to course, he, he just says, uh, So what's stopping you? I said, No, come on, Dub, are you for real? You're in Southend on Sea, I'm in uh, Milton Keynes. Oh, how's that going to be possible? And he was like, Well, the lockdown has been lifted, you know, and we can be socially distanced anyway. So why don't you just come over? In fact, come over, spend a couple of days. Let's see what we can come up with. I said, you, you're kidding me, right? He was like, no, come on, Delhi, I'm serious. The studio is not booked anyway. Nobody's doing sessions or anything. So we might as well just hang out. Uh, and then uh, opportunity for us to make our earlier pact come true. And I was like, that's really, that's, a, that's genius of you. He's like, okay. Yeah, let me do that. And then he said, okay, I'm, I'm going to call a few guys. Let's see who's around and then who wants to be part of it. And he called a few friends of his, trusted um, drummer, trusted uh, bass player. And before you knew it, I was there. Oh Blank canvas. They all came from wherever they were. The drummer came, uh, the bass player came, and then we just spent two nights and then those first two nights were magical. We were like, oh my God, we've got to do it again. So the next week, we, 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 we committed another two nights again. And then that was it. The foundation for the album was set. And then the rest is the story. The album is going to be out on the 7th of April. And it's, although it's just six tracks for now, there are two other extra tracks, one of which I told you about is... Uh, um, for the love of it so yeah really really doing this is not for anything other than that for the love of it your joy and um as you say doing it for the love of it not only comes through in what you say Deli, it comes through in what you do in terms of your performance um and what happens when you go on stage and what happens to the audience when they hear those tunes. It's actually, it's almost like a physical 
experience. You know, when you were going on about bringing the uh, band together, I wondered, did you do the uh, your usual ritual over the food, sorting out the food and sitting down and eating together too? Or was it straight down to business, let's just play music? Oh, yes. Luckily, um, they had all these uh, lovely... Uh, Deliveroo takeaway kind of thing. So we would just look into either Deliveroo or Uber Eats or one of the Just Eat or one of those apps. Okay. Say, yo, what should we do today? Should we do Caribbean? Oh yeah, let's do Caribbean. Okay. Oh no, let's do let's do Asian. We didn't really cook because normally, um, if I were in my own uh, Cartier, which is a French word. Is right. If I was in my own hood, yes. What I would have been doing would have been I would have been. I'd have stocked up my larder. I'd have stocked up my fridge. So the part part of the process would be to initially cook for everybody, yeah. then everybody eat, and then on a full belly, <laughs> have your favorite tipple. It could be anything of your choice including dried green spinach. Okay. And then we can kick off and say, okay, yo, let's just, let's, let's just go. go. You know, I, that's what I would have done, but we didn't do that. We did, we had to rely on, because those were lockdown times, so we had to rely on. Yes, well, yes. Needs, needs must. All right, and I love that word, celebration. You know, that's going to yeah. be my new word. You know, I take and, and lift and steal and use. But celebration is a fantastic word in terms of not only honouring the great man, but in terms of what it means, because it is a celebration and it is a celebration. Yeah. It's a king of celebration. Um, you know, it leads me on, and I know it sort of seems like I'm harping on this age thing, but the whole point of this universal music legends podcast series Delhi is to give props to our musicians for what they're doing for what they did um so back in the day for what they're doing the exciting work that they're doing of course today but also for what they're enabling for what they're enabling for the future and you know I interviewed um, a celebrated award-winning poet and author called Carl Phillips uh, a few months ago. You know, when you, you meet people in your life and they say things and things that they say really uh, strike resonance. He just turned 63 and mm. he talks about being busier than ever before and life being more exciting than before. And the fact that he's taking more risks than before and the fact that because of his age, he's unable to do all these exciting things that, that he, he couldn't do before. And he said, it's so exciting. And he said, and what it is, Audrey, it's, it's life. It makes him feel alive. And I wonder if that's what it is for you. And it sounds like it is, that music is the elixir of your life. It is, it is similar. It's similar, quite similar. Because um, like I was saying, if you are a messenger and you don't know that you're a messenger and you think you're the it of it all, then things will not come out the way they're supposed to come out because you're not 
I mean, you know, this uh, there's an old adage that says, know yourself first. Love yourself first. Then you'll be able to know and you'll be able to give love. It's the same thing I apply to this. I know I'm a, I am a messenger. I know I have stuff to deliver, messages to deliver. When I get the download, if I download it, if I don't use it, it festers. It becomes cancerous and it could have a negative effect. But if I download it and I use it to uh, specifications according to downloads, i.e. I, I write it out, rehearse it, perform it or record it or whatever I do with it, the message gets out across and it comes across well packaged in a very, very, uh, as, um, what do you call it? Digestible format. It's not too complicated and it's not too simple. But when you hear it, you feel it. And when you feel it, it makes you even hear it better. So I think those things play into what I've been able to attain, achieve so far. And like uh, he was saying, uh, the older you get, the more privileged you are to be able to take more risks. So I'm, do, I'm, I'm working a lot, I'm teaching, and I'm seeing enthusiasm in the younger artists, you know. Yes. Um, and I'm living most of the time highly inspired again. Yes. Each teaching session I've, I've been in, I'm living and I'm thinking about, wow, if what would have happened if we were exposed to such opportunities when we were growing up? As in having people like me who are oral traditionists, yes. as opposed to just having academicians teaching, where you have a mix of academicians, uh, oral tradition people, and then genres that are actually current within society are being taught by people who are actually still active in the society, active in uh, chosen fields of uh, performance, etc. And um, you can ask no holds bars question, no holds bad questions about every aspect of the of of of, of the music um, life. So for me, I I, I agree, and I'm 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 in a similar position, you know, with um, his. Uh, his summations that, yeah, living the best time of my life in this diamond era. The best time. Happy. Living the best time of your life. You know, Happy. I love the fact that you say um, that you're a messenger um, and also that you, you then immediately then went into your role as a teacher. And the really interesting thing that you're feeling inspired by what you're getting from the young people equally as they're being inspired um, with what they're taking from you. And it's this fusion of, you know, taking the best of what we have, 
the informed view, knowledge, skills, experience, whatever, and kind of our, our groove and way of thinking the whole thing. And then you mix that with, as you say, the exciting things that are coming up from the artists you work with, because it's not just musicians, incidentally, Dele. You know, you're working with writers, you're working with artists, you're working with actors. The performance part, um, I think, is gorgeous. That's something that I actually witnessed, uh, privileged to witness when you played the uh, festival in Manchester, where you actually had poets um, reading out their poetry over your compositions, which really, really really touched me and also also Delhi also validates Mm -hmm. me talking over music all the time so there you go uh seriously that was great because that was that was again it was kind of a an organic thing and and it was a a a happenstance that turned into being a brilliant opportunity for both of you and turned into something that allowed you to actually make magic together didn't you? I think you were, you were quite knocked out by it, weren't you? Well, I was happy for the opportunity because it's been long overdue and there's a lot of potential, but it, it's all about being in the right place, being recommended by the right people, and then being sustained by some form of uh, systematic uh funding in place to keep those kind of activities going so um yeah it was a great experience and every one of those poets benefited from that experience and and they are the better for it today you're still in touch with them and they're still knocking on your door what do you think about this deli can i do this over this well, no, I've not been getting any of that, but I've been getting you, some, you know? yeah, I've been getting, you know, like, yo, I'm, um, hi, Jale, I see yeah. you're back in Manchester, I'm coming to watch you, yeah. you know, and I've had uh, one or two of them come on and do a, do a spoken word. I know P.A. Bites, after, uh, P.A. Bites, I've had her coming and sitting with me and also uh one of their mentors caught caught rights courtney caught rights i've had him you know because he was i found him incredible incredible in the way he has been able to push prod pull harass if required them into into fruition of self-realization you know, sometimes you don't know your capabilities until you're pushed yeah. or you're harassed yeah. or you have to have a, a a kind of experience that just suddenly dawns on you that like, I got this. I've got this. This is my mission. This is my purpose. I yeah. can do this. Yeah, I really can. Yeah. Or as opposed to, oh, my God. What am I going to do? I got butterflies. Oh, yikes. Oh, how do I go? And no, no. Well, do you know what, Dele? Do you know what? You sitting there talking to me this afternoon with that sentence that you have just said has been exactly what's happened to me. And doing this, talking to you, is exactly what I've wanted to do for years. 
and I've been banging on the doors. Please let me do this program. We've got to give props to our musicians while they're alive. It's really important to hear from what they've got to say now. We need to give no. them props today. Don't wait till they've died and then say how great they were. And there's so many of you. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of saying it on, on a level of, you know, my podcast series. But but it's bigger than that, Delhi, because what I'm trying to do clearly is spread my love and joy for the music, but also raise awareness of the brilliant work that's being done by our people all day, every day. It's kind of a promotion of excellence. Um, and it's a promotion of excellence that, you know, we don't take the time to do. So that's kind of what this is. It's kind of take back, you know, stop, take five, let's step back and let's see who this guy is and let's see what this guy has got to say. So, you know, that kind of, and I'm not going to call it dithering, you, you, you reach a place where you think that's it. That's it. Today is the day. And that's exactly what's happened with me. And it's interesting to hear you say that with you, because listening to your music, I don't get any sense of hesitancy. I don't get any sense of searching. You know, the one thing that I that I will say about your music is you go bang. Yeah, that's Delhi. That's Delhi. You know. So it's interesting that you 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 have those same in inverted commas uh, issues, uh, realities to deal with as everybody else. And you also talked about, you know, access, the importance of access, the importance of meeting the right person, of getting that right person to be behind you and to give you the introductions. That really, really is needed. And for that to happen, we've got to do more of this, Delay. There's got to be lots mm. more networking. What is relevant is what's happening, what's happening today and what you're doing today and what you're saying. And you're mm. saying plenty. And not only in terms of your music, but with the collaborations that you're having with other people, bringing in spoken word, you do have things to say. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, we're in... In June, 22nd of June, it's the 75th anniversary of, of uh, MV Windrush landing at Tilbury Docks, uh, landing on, on the UK shores for the first time. It's the 75th anniversary. And rightly, there's loads of events and exhibitions and concerts and this, that, and the other taking place up and down the country. It's a massive celebration to recognise the role that Black people played and indeed are still playing. Um, in society today which is fantastic it is fantastic but that then is against the backdrop of you know in inverted commas the windrush reality because we've got a scandal and then we've got what's going on with refugees in rwanda and you sort of think to yourself we're welcome but we're still struggling we're still on the journey and you know this is home delay for you and you talked before, you know, about the tragic loss of your dad and then also the loss of, of your mum. But identity plays such an important part of who and what we are. Do you feel that this is home? And are you writing from home as home in the UK? Or are you still writing? Is it still that, that, that African 
beat and groove that drives the very core of who and what Delhi Sassimi is? Well, I have made the UK my home since 95 when I came because you have to make home wherever you find yourself. Make a home for yourself. If you don't make a home for yourself, it's still okay too. But I've just made the UK my home. So I've met my the relevant uh, cornerstones of my musical uh, development post 95 have been based on being in the UK. I've actually more or less adjusted my thinking, adjusted my ideologies, my um, social skills to suit the multicultural environment you have in London, which is why I have I have uh, been able to be part of the Cuba Afrobeat project, where it's a mixture of Kishon Khan, who's from Bangladesh. Huge props. Um, Kishon Khan is from is a, is, a, is is one of my favorite UK piano players. Although he's from Bangladesh, but he did extensive studies on Cuban music. He went to Cuba, and he introduced me to a lot of Cuban musicians who are top-notch, who are down-to-earth, real. And we came up with the Cubafobie project, you know. And then also, Lokitera Mitsutere Susimi, which is a, Bangladesh, a mixture of Bangladeshi kind of tradition mixed with jazz, mixed with a bit of Afrobeat when they feature me. You know, that's where and, my, uh, that's where Eniane comes from, isn't it? Yeah, Eniane, yes. Love yes. that track. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in all, yeah, I've made the UK my home for now, so far, and I don't have any intentions of um, changing that whilst I'm still on a roll. Does it does it feel like home? I know you said you've made it your home. It may not feel at home like home, but you give that's where I rise above any other. It's your it's your call. As a person, as a human being, it's all your call to make it your home. Whether against all odds, against all um circumstances that may make you say, you know what, I'm 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 leaving. No, no, no. Sometimes you just have to grab the bull by the horn. And like one of the tracks, the singles released on this latest pro project is called Ride Out the Storm. Absolutely. But you're doing better than Riding Out the Storm, Delhi. That Ride Out the Storm to me suddenly sounds, I mean, I know it means that, that, that you survive and you're strong, but you're not no, riding it out. It just means, no, I don't, I, when I say, when I write, I mean, if you look at uh, the world keeps spinning, it never stops, it cannot yes. stop. Yes. yes but okay. it seems like everything is coming to a head. What do you do? You're turning around, keeping your feet on the ground. There's no point in letting it get you down. Just ride out the storm. Keep your feet on the ground. Don't put your head up in the clouds, which is more or less translating my experiences and a few of uh, a few people in the industry or a few people in different fields of 
work where, you know, at some point in time, you hit that position where it's quite turbulent. It could be anything, but something to make you either say, you know, I'm quitting. Because challenges either put you in a state of mind where I, oh, you know what? I give up. I can't do this anymore. Do and then you drop cool. it. And for example, look at relationships now. Relationships nowadays, they don't tend to last anymore because people don't have the patience to understand, get to know, get to know the ups and downs of uh, their so-called partners. So any slight reason or opportunity to say, okay, I'm leaving, or okay, it's all over. Why isn't there the attitude that there used to be that, okay, let me listen more. Maybe I might understand more. Because obviously this is a misunderstanding because I didn't understand this particular trait or this particular aspect of this person I've chosen to spend the rest of my life with. You know, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to try and understand and then meet halfway. Or even if it means maybe give a little more just to see if that would work, you know. But now every opportunity to, okay, I give up. People will... People start a job, they need two weeks. Oh, no, you know what? I can't stand my line manager. I'm out of there. Boom. Boom. Uh, you put a band together. You start the music. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I don't, uh, I think I want to sound like someone else. Or you, you don't have a, you're not, you're not grounded enough to be able to say, I'm going to make this work. Oh, let me study. Let me understand each individual. Let me see where their strength is. Let me walk to each person's strength. You know, those kind of things. It's like strike one, you're out. Or strike one, I'm out of here. You know, that kind of attitude. Old school attitude used to be get to know the grounds you're playing on. And then once you are familiar with the grounds, you know the terrain, you know where the you're familiar with where the possible pitfalls are, the possible weaknesses are, then you try and prop those places with replacement strategies, whereby you look left and right, all you see is teamwork. And then that teamwork sees you through the day on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a you know, yearly basis, monthly basis, weekly basis, however you look at it. But it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but you have to have that mindset already in you because, I mean, I was brought up before I, my father died. He had principles. I was brought up very, very properly. So those principles and that foundation hopefully has sustained my, my attitude to life up till now. You know, Danny, we'll have to do we'll have to do a part two. When we come back and do part two, we'll have it, we'll have a, a conversation on relationships. I hope that all of this uh, familial advice that you're giving uh, that you are giving is a uh, kind of do as I do, not do as I say. Are you a family man, Delhi? Yeah, exactly. Are you? Are you a family uh, man? Yes, I have a, I have six children, five boys, one girl. <laughs> Even wow. though I'm divorced, I'm divorced, but I do have a, I had a long uh, relationship with my ex-wife, and um, where with the relationship uh, ended, or rather the marriage ended, but we do not have any reason not to speak to each other at least 
uh, every other children. every other day we must have a conversation. Yes. yes, it is important, and I love the fact also that you know you talk about things taking time, and you said the key thing there that what we need to do is listen. And you know something, Dele, again, what I'm kind of about, what I'm about doing with this podcast is is, is about saying, take time and, and listen. Because actually, we can take something from this. And it's, to me, you know, it's absolutely a privilege. Every conversation I have, I learn something new. And, you know, for that, all I can do is be eternally grateful. You know, we've spent a lot of time, Dele, talking about the, the what you did, sorry, what you do. And, and what you're doing in terms of uh, enabling the people going forward. But what we haven't done is spend any time at all talking about you as a musical director for uh, the master. The master. Look at you. You're already you're ready to, ah. to lie down and, and my juices because we're talking my about Palakuti. My Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, of course, man. No, he was he was just one in a million, a legend. Twenty <laughs> years or something, weren't you? About twenty was it about twenty years or something? Um no, I started sitting in with him at the age of 15, joined the band at 16, worked with him till about I was 22, and then started um positive folks with Femi for nine years. Right. And then came to the uk ah right okay okay well that's not quite 20 but it's long enough and you were his musical director weren't you no not really i was one of his you see the, that's another thing people coin things and then before you know it it's gone out of proportion oh right okay how can i be fellas musical director no Whoa. i was egypt 80 i was a musical director in egypt 80 when Fela was incarcerated, when he was arrested and jailed for foreign currency charges, we had to survive as Egyptiety. Femi Kuti started writing his own original songs because Fela had a system in place where he owned the parcel of land, or rather he had leased a parcel of land and built a shrine on this. And we had four live performances on a week, 50 wow. weeks a year. So what? 50 weeks away, we, we were playing at the, so we had a Friday night, we had a Saturday night, we had a Sunday night and we had a Tuesday night. So as a member of Egypt 80, you're committed to doing 50 weeks a year, four times a week, live performances in front of an audience. If fella doesn't go on tour to Europe or anything like that and not adding any private functions that he may be contracted to do. Maybe he may have to miss two nights at the shrine to go and do a travel on a Friday to go and play somewhere. And then it takes a whole day of Saturday to get back. So he may miss the Saturday also, and then he would then do the Sunday. But what used to happen was that when there was no international tours in the year, we did 50 weeks straight, four times a week, minimum six hours on stage. And then we'll still have to rehearse on Wednesday and Thursday, minimum six hour rehearsals. It's a full audiences all the time as well. Yeah, and it was also not sold out, but usually full houses it's every night. Helps. So yeah. every night was themed. So Tuesday was ladies' night, Friday was political, 
uh, updates on the situation at hand in, in worldwide and in the shrine and, and in Lagos rather. And then Saturday was when he, the full Egypt 80, including the dancers, have a choreographed performance. And then he also opens up the inner sanctum of the shrine, does his uh, weekly rituals, worship rituals, and blessings for whoever is in the house. And then Sunday was family orientated. We started at 2 p.m., 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. So people used to come with children. So, yeah. So that when he got incarcerated, it was a question of how do we survive? So I worked on re-orchestrating his classics because fellas, um, Fellas' modus operandi was that once he's released an album on vinyl, he doesn't pay. It's no longer in his live set list. So you could go to a fella Kuti performance expecting to hear Zombie or expecting to hear a classic like Water Nugget Enemy and he'll tell you, go and buy the record. Or my favorite, Colonial Mentality. Colonial Mentality. Go and buy the record, Aubrey. You'll be shouting, Taylor, can you please play Colonial Mentality? Go and buy the record, Audrey. I would love to, but go and buy the record. What are you going to listen to tonight? You're going to listen to where I'm at, what I'm currently uh, writing, and what I have written and that has not been released. But you also have to understand that I still want to hear Colonial Mentality. Yeah, you want to hear it live. Yes. But if he, he uh, I, mean, I, I believe if Fela were to do any of his old classics live, it would be more painful for him. Really? Yeah, yeah, because it's like, I let me give you an example. The, the modus operandi is there's a live set list for like three, four years. Now, listen, you're playing these songs four times a week. Okay. every month okay which makes it 50 weeks a year the only time we take a break is the weekend after new year so if new year's day falls on friday we play friday saturday sunday then from sunday we then take a break we don't play all through january because everybody's broke they spend money on christmas they spend money on new year's eve next payday is the last friday in january so then we reopen the shrine again the last weekend in january so we start again from say the 27th of uh, january and we do another 50 weeks all the way till the first of january the next year but during that time the more we perform the songs the more we are perfecting it the more he's tweaking here the more he's tweaking there then it gets it to a level of uh, performance where they come like if you listen to zombie the original zombie a vinyl if you listen to it oh lord they were on fire they played that song for so long they did it all in one take oh so God. it's like they played it so much they don't even want to touch it anymore i get it i do get so it's it it's like no we've, we've we've played it so much we've re regurgitated it so much and we've attained a state a level of perfect delivery that it will be disrespectful, disrespectful to go back there. Let's, there's more download coming, which is why I say the message a bit. Yeah. Once you've delivered the message, it's there, it's stamped, it's etched on a vinyl. 
don't worry about me not playing it live. Go and listen to the vinyl. Go back down memory lane, but check me out what I'm doing now. I've got new stuff. I've been downloading. Say, hear this new stuff. It would take you a while to get into it, but if you're coming to the shrine like every week and you're seeing the song evolve before your ears and you're like, wow, I heard this last week. It didn't sound this good. My God. Then you come in six months and it's that sounding so tight. It's like, wow, I can't believe this song in January is now sounding like this in September. Whoa, I pray for that doesn't release it yet because now he's going to say he's not going to play, you know. So I get it. I absolutely get it. Um, So when the fella was locked up, there was, we had to regroup, we had to plan. And one of the gimmicks was, let's start playing the old classics. So I just started reorchestrating the old classics. And before you knew it, the rumor went around town. Oh my God, EGKT has started playing old classics. And because normally that would have meant people will stop coming to Shrine Cosfell has been jailed. And there's nothing exciting. But the fact that Femi and Dele, De- Femi started writing his own original material. Dele's reorchestrated, reorchestrated all those classics from the 70s. So, oh my God, Shrine is going to be banging. Egypt and are on fire. They're rehearsing vehemently. They're, you know, and the delivery is so tight. So, of course, whilst well, I was in jail, we held on. The shrine was okay. We were playing the same four times a week, rehearsing Wednesday and Thursday. So we kept things going. So that's where my musical direction came from. I so see. Wasn't so what, did, what did he say? What did he say to all of this then when he got out? And 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 I tell you what he, I tell you what Femi and I did. We went to go and see him in jail. And we were at that point we were, had been thinking, let's come to Trinity College to come and study music. Yeah, and we then can tell, oh, we've been thinking we're going to Trinity College where you studied. We're only going to study and get a degree in music. And then he looked at us, he said, Look, you guys, you think think about it. I'm in jail. You've got Egypt at your disposal. You're doing very well. From all I heard, there's nothing Trinity is going to give you that is better than what you're learning right now, being in charge of. You know, you're, 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 you've got a big band, you're arranging, you're reorchestrating. Femi, you're writing your own tunes. <clears throat> I don't think that's going to happen in Trinity. But I'm just saying, think oh, about okay. it. If you, uh, this is what I'm repeating, say, if you want to do it, of course, go ahead. But just think about it. Weigh the pros and cons. This band is there, right there in front of you. I'm sitting here in jail. <laughs> if you leave, you leave. You've left an opportunity that, you know, and true to form, both of us now went back and thought about it and was like, you know what? This man's right. You've got a big band. We can write, you can do anything. And we've got a following. Trinity is not going to give you a following. So we had an experimental ground to start writing, to start watching reactions, to start learning what works, what didn't work. And then those new reorchestrations, we started even evolving them, trying to play them in a new, in new, uh, a more youthful interpretation or some improvised improv- uh, interpretation that we felt was relevant to our age. You know, I want to do something like, um, 
a black man's cry. I want to add a little touch of, of Dennis Osimi's arrangement of black man's, you know, or I feel yeah. that I want to stick to the blueprint. This song is sacred. I don't want to change anything. I want to play it exactly as it is because it's screaming to be played as is, you know. So that was... <laughs> Did I digress in any way? Not at all. What's okay. hitting your groove at the moment? Say it again? What is hitting your groove at the moment? Or who? Well, right out the storm and Moshe Bolaton from this new project called Delicious Me and Estuary 21. Those two tracks, I, I mean, they were the, they, they were the singles and everybody's loving it. Right out the storm. And Moshe Bolaton, is, Moshe Bolaton in English means I thought it was all over, more or less. But it most certainly is not all over. You're yeah. carrying on the legacy of Fakuti. Yeah. You're sticking true to the Afro beat, you know. But better than that, better than that, I suppose equally beautiful is the whole evolution of music and the exciting collaborations that you're doing with the young people and indeed with the uh, Cube Afro beat. Uh, project and once again I that I have to say that I cannot wait because we have you back at the Blues Kitchen in Manchester in oh, yes. May so that's yeah, why I will see you face to face and maybe yeah. you can make another I've got away without uh, my Afrobeat session today Mr. Sasimi <laughs> <laughs> good good so please tell me which tracks are you um, which tracks are which out of those two new tracks, which one have you latched onto that actually tickles? More well, that, than the one that's just in my groove at the moment is right out of the storm. Um, um, but you know what happens? You 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 listen through to an album and your opinion changes, and it depends when you're listening to it. You know that was that was this morning. Maybe if I was listening to it late at night, I'd choose something else. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to 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 getting myself fully acquainted with all of it um and you know it's it's so lovely Dele um that you've taken this time to come and share your stories with us do you have a favorite memory a fellow cootie I have to ask you do you have a favorite memory a fondest memory um look, it doesn't give you like so a big many... long thing or just something that happened or a gig or a this or a that? No, the favorite moments have been always at gigs and the thick of it all and the, when a song has come to its peak and everything is vibing, we're at the climactic end, all the instruments are blaring. Nobody is not doing anything on stage. I'll give you an example. For uh, The band is big. So there are moments when the horns are not playing. There are moments when the horns are playing and the girls are not singing. And, um, you know, but we've reached a moment where the girls are singing, blaring, the horns are behind the girls, <laughs> interpolating with the rhythmical structure of the chorus, and fellas on his piano interlacing with his, um, what you call, uh, I would say, his garnishing of that climatic moment. And he's looking left and he's looking. I'm, I was on his left and he's looking left and he looks to his left and he sees me vibing with him and then he winks at me. That's, oh, that's many a time he, that would happen. And 
there's a video clip of Glastonbury. And um, I think, yeah, he did wink at me uh, during that song. And I just, I just lost that. I was like, oh, yes, he winked at me. Yeah. And I was still playing that. And I was, yeah, that's a, there's a clip of me. Very nice, slim, young, delicious with me, you know, playing uh, rhythm piano, because that was my role. I was rhythm pianist. But then it didn't take long before my skill set was now recognized and I became um, more than, you know, that. And, you know, yeah, thank God for that. Well, I'm that delighted was... that you cleared up that uh, musical director thing because I think there's nothing worse, is there, than, than going under sort of false pretenses and you don't yeah. need to do that at all because who you are and what you've done and what you are doing is is bigger than enough anyway. So we don't need any any kind of embellishments at all. I yeah. have to ask you, last record, uh, the last record, I think I'm on the radio. I have to ask you the last question that I'm asking of all the people on this Undisputed Music Legends podcast. Yeah. One song that you wish you could have written. One song. Wow, none. I don't have any song I wish I could have written. I seriously, because I've got too much in my head I haven't even written. Yes. So the ones in my head that I've not had time to, yes. and the many that have come and I've not been able to actually store it somewhere so I can come back to it later, those are the ones that I wish I am. Uh, but no, I've not heard a song and said, ooh, I wish I wrote that. No, no, it never happens to me. Right, I don't know so why. Who's your, hero, who's your music hero then? Obviously Fallon, but who else? Say that again? Who's your music hero? I just have too many. I listen to people like Ahmad Jamal as a piano player. Yes. Then I'm also into um, Errol Ghana yes. as, a, as a total genius piano player. I listen to Bob Marley yes. for his um, words of wisdom. I listen so much to Fela Kuti. Then I listen to my locals from Nigeria, Haruna Ishola, who is the who is one of the forerunners of Akpala music, which is a Yoruba style of uh, a cappella and percussion ensemble singing. Yes. And then, of course, I still love my sting. I like listening to Sting. Sting is an amazing writer. He's just, I mean, I, when he went and did the album that has the Englishman in New York and he used yeah. all those American musicians, I was like, I just like, now you're talking. Now you just open a new kind of worms for yourself. Yeah. You know, and then of course, Annie Lennox, I listen to her, you know, and um it's just I I don't latch onto anything specifically. I just love listening. There's Femi Colour Show with uh, Ezra Collective. I check out what they do. I listen to them, but I just don't latch on and hold on to anything. I listen. I listen to 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 enjoy what they're doing, not to critique. I'm not a critic. It's not in my nature to critique any work anybody does. I listen to it, and you know. 
I appreciate it for the work of art that it is. Well, you know? we certainly appreciate you for the work that you do, and we appreciate you for all the wonderful music that you've laid down over the years. And indeed, I'm so excited for the Thank music you. that's still to come. So, Mr. Dele Sassimi. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you. And see you in Manchester at the Blues, at the Blues Kitchen on the 27th, uh, 26th of May. That's the date. Dele Sassimi, thank you very much indeed. You're welcome, Audrey. Thank you very much for having me on. And for those listeners out there, big shout out to you. Keep on listening. Audrey's always going to be bringing new stuff. She's got a whole list. She's done a big research and she's going to be bringing special people. We're, we're not. It's not just me. There's so many of us out there and you need to hear us and you need to celebrate us whilst we're alive. Not, I don't want a deliberation in my name. No. Once I'm gone, let my soul rest, man. Exactly. Don't deliberate me. If you want to deliberate me, come to my gigs now whilst I'm alive. When you am part of something, just come out, out of curiosity because I promise it will be a rewarding experience spiritually, emotionally, and um, every otherly. Well, as I mentioned before, it is electric and the, the place just comes alive and the vibrancy of the young people and the dance. There is nobody who isn't moving. Even me sat on my chair, I'm moving. So uh, I can't wait, Delhi. Thank you once again. And welcome, uh, Audrey. See you uh, in Manchester at the Blues Kitchen. Yes, indeed. We will. Take care. Bye. So that's almost it for this time on the uh, Undisputed Music Legends. And what a legend he was, Mr. Sasimi. Thank you so much. You are indeed, as you say, the messenger of the essential beat of Afrobeat. So thanks for sharing your story, which was a real celebration. Told you I'd nick it, didn't I, Delhi? And uh, obviously for the importance of what you're doing today, maintaining the legacy of the real king of Afrobeat, Fela Kuti. Absolute honour. Now... Onto another honour and the important bit, which is you. Thanks for listening and please do remember to like and subscribe. Press that button for more. And don't keep it to yourself, go and tell your friends. So until the next time, when I meet the next undisputed music legend, this is Audrey Hall saying, until the next time. <laughs>